Welcome to Square Talk, and this week I'm very pleased to welcome two of Freemasonry's keenest cycle enthusiasts, Simon Oldfield and Paul Simpson. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you, Richard. Hi, Richard. Now, the both of you I know very well, having on many occasions been sat on my own bike trying to keep up with the both of you. But before I jump into cycling-specific questions, first of all, let me ask you to just, if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners, just tell them you know, who you are, your Masonic journey so far. Um, well, perhaps if I, I go first then, uh, Richard. I was initi- initiated into Wigiston Lodge, number 3,448, back in January 1996 quite a while back now, uh, becoming its uh, master in 2005-06 season. I've been chaplain for a, for a number of years and uh, also last year was appointed charity steward, um, so I'm wearing wearing two hats now. Exalted into Morley Chapter 8320 in January 2011 and uh, due to become Jay whenever we can uh, hold our installation meeting, uh, which of course uh, was... Uh, one of many cancelled uh, with the with the COVID uh, uh, situation. Currently serving as secretary of the festival committee and uh, chairman of the Light Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Cycling Association, or the Light Blue Cycling Club, as uh, we, we're going to refer to it from now on. But I guess more on that later. And uh, I received my second promotion to provin- past provincial grand superintendent of works in 2018. That's, Keeping uh, busy, that's me. Excellent. Yes. yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Simon. Paul. Paul, yes, I'm Paul Simpson. I was initiated into St Wilfred's Lodge, number 8,350, uh, which meets in the Market Harbour Provincial Centre, in 2009. Uh, I became Master in 2017, which of course was the tercentenary year. Um, I received Provincial Honours in 2019, and I am currently Secretary of St Wilfred's Lodge, having been appointed in March uh, this year, just before, just before lockdown. In craft, I'm also a member of the Derek Buswell Lodge of Provincial Stewards. Uh, I'm also currently a joining member of Tudor Rose Lodge, number 5,660, which of course is the province's military lodge, and I'm due to be appointed secretary of that lodge at the next regular meeting, whenever that may be, um, although I'm carrying out the secretary duties at present. I'm also going to be a founding member of the Union of Rugby Lodge number 9,989 when uh, that is consecrated. Inside orders, I'm in St George's Royal Arch, Benone Rose Croix and Rothley Temple, uh, Knights Templar. Another busy mason then. Well, I don't quite know how you get the time to do all that, but I'm not really one to talk, am I? Um, On to the cycling questions. Now, uh, have you both been into cycling for some time or is this a new hobby that you've taken up because of the charity cycle rides that we've been doing within Freemasonry? Um, well I, I cycled as we all did I think as, as teenagers um, and I did a lot of cycling in my, my, my youth really. Um, I cycled the long distance cycling then so I could Norfolk and back one summer um, but then obviously marriage comes along, children come along and sort of give it up I started cycling again, actually, only as recently as 2015, when I treated myself for my 50th birthday to a mountain bike. And I went out on that a couple of times over the winter of 2015-16. Uh, then I saw the email from Simon about the tercentenary ride, and I thought it'd be a good idea to get involved with something, um, first of all, Masonic, and second, cycling, which uh, could give me sort of a focus. So I, I, re- I attended the first training ride as it was in April 2016 when I met Simon for the first time and his wife Tony 
um, on my mountain bike. Uh, we only managed 15 miles. Well, I only managed 15 miles, barely. Um, I think you were probably on that ride as well, Richard. Um, I think I was. I think I was. Uh, well ahead of me, I think, at that stage. I was exhausted by the end of that ride. So I went home and I bought a proper road bike with uh, drop handlebars and everything. So uh, then I went out uh, quite a lot with um, Tony and Simon and also with Phil Hurst, um, who is obviously the um, Worshipful Marshal of Tudor Rose Lodge at the moment and also member of St James's Lodge and is also my, uh, my erstwhile bike mechanic and servicer. So I rode with him a lot, rode with Simon and Tony a lot and gradually just, just increased my mileage over the years. I never, they never thought that I'd actually complete the 300 mile ride. Um, I, my main objective was to complete the first day. Um, having done that, um, I got a lot of encouragement to complete the next day and the next day and the next day after that. Uh, and then obviously I went on to do the 150 mile ride in two days in 2018 and the 100 mile ride was for me in 2019. And I'm glad to say that I've reduced my weight down from 15 stone down to about less than 12 now. And increase my average speed and overall fitness so it's um saved my life some would say and you're looking very well paul you're looking very well simon what, what about you it's a similar story i think richard uh, probably like most youngsters of uh, of my generation you know i had a, a, a bike when i was at school and quite young and uh in in my early 20s i did a bit of mountain biking but not really to any great extent and then uh, similar story to Paul, married, young family, limited leisure time, started a business, all that sort of thing. Um, there's just not the hours in the day to, to do everything you want to. Anyway, fast forward uh, quite a number of years when I met uh, Tony, um, we, we decided to, to do some uh, outdoor activity we could, we could both do. And Tony had been forced to give up uh, running, which is one of her passions due to knee issues. And um, cycling uh, seemed to be a good uh, a good thing. And um, my my old mountain bike wasn't up to it, so a uh, bit a bit of investment needed. And um, sort of out and about pretty pretty regularly, really. So uh, it's uh, it's continued. So you talked about your bikes a little bit, but let's get even let's get even geekier for a moment. Uh, talk about equipment. What do you guys uh, ride now? How long? How long? How long have we got, Richard? Uh, well, well, as long as you want. I might have to edit it down a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> what are you riding, and, and what are your aspirations? Well, I've got I've got, uh, got a bit of bit of a collection, so we won't, we won't go through it all. But uh, I've got a now got a Santa Cruz uh, Tallboy mountain bike, which is a 29er. And for those uh, not in the know, that's uh, 29 inch wheels, which makes it uh, quite a big bike. The, the, the beast, as I, I nickname it, that was a replacement from a, a giant 29er mountain bike that uh, I had stolen. Uh, but but given my size, it's it's very comfortable to ride. Great great fun. Not that I do uh, uh, that much mountain biking. Road bike wise, I, I've got my uh, sort of old giant Defy, which is what I'd call my wet weather bike, winter bike. Um, in other words, I don't mind getting that one dirty too much when the weather's bad. And then for my uh, 60th birthday a few years ago, um, a bit of a bit of a treat and uh, invested, I think is the term, in a Bianchi Infinito carbon everything, uh, which weighs in at about six and a half kilos, which uh, only makes its appearance on dry days, I think. Paul, what about you? Are you still on your rally chopper or have you upgraded? No, 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 I'm not on my chopper anymore, thank you, Richard. Um, I, um, well, it depends, like, like Simon, it depends on the weather and the time of the year. Um, there's, a, there's a well-known saying in, in cycling that you have um, N plus one bikes. 
So I, as I said, I started off with um, uh, well, a mountain bike. It was a cross bike, really, a specialised cross bike, which I still have. And I just use that for running around Market Harbour, going to the shops. Um, and if it's really, really quite uh, dirty out there, I'll use that. Uh, my favourite bike, which is the summer bike, which only comes out usually when it's dry, um, is my Ridley Noah. Well, having said that, it's probably the only thing that's remaining of the original bike is the, uh, is the frame itself. Phil Hurst has uh, heavily pimped it. It's now got power meters, carbon wheels, tubeless tires, um, carbon handlebars, carbon seat. To rest it. No, so, no, no, no punches then, Paul, if you've got uh, tubeless wheels. Uh, well, yes, uh, I've actually had two this year. Thank you, Simon. Uh, oh, OK. <laughs> they've been, uh, they're, they're, they're called creases, not punctures. And it's uh, if you go down a... Um, uh, sort of a, a rut in the road and it, it tends to tear the tyre and of course you've got nothing inside so you can put things in, in it called worms which I've started carrying with me which can uh, repair the tyre so that's my summer bike that's my main bike when in the winter when I do go out when it's dry or even if it's a bit wet I, I've got a Genesis Dayton 30 which is a kind of carbon bike but it's got disc brakes and it's a, a lot heavier um, big fat tyres 32 millimetre tyres I've also got a, a TT bike which I haven't really ridden much yet and I've got my indoor training bike, my watt bike as well, for the really, really cold and wet days. So you mentioned going out. What, what, uh, what, how often do you go out? What sort of mileage do you do and, and what routes do you do from where you live? I, I better answer that one first. At the, at the moment, um, due to various reasons, mainly the weather and, of course, because I've been locked down, there's not a lot else to do. And I also was in training. Well, I still am in training for the Prudential Ride London, which was going to be held in August this year. Uh, I'm out at least five days a week, probably at the moment, uh, sometimes six or seven. Uh, my, my Strava goal um, is 100 miles a week, but I'm regularly doing 200 miles a week at the moment. Various distances, 30, 60 miles at a time. When I'm doing what bike sessions, they're typically 20 miles um, because it's so boring. And of course, it's been a lot of the riding this summer has been solo. We've not been allowed to ride with other riders until recently. Um, so I'm, I'm going out now with there's, there's pairs of us going out we're tending to meet up at cafes groups of us and we're starting to have uh, smaller route rides uh, group rides as well now, now the, the sort of lockdown restrictions are being um, you know reduced a little bit i mean certainly the uh, easing of the lockdown rules have i think enabled us to uh, at least uh, meet meet at a, a cafe um, for a coffee and a, a bit of cake which is uh, always a thing for cyclists um, I, I've uh, unfortunately I, I just seem to be so busy that I struggle sometimes to get out as often as I'd like to. Uh, but we've got we've got some nice little routes, uh, sort of 20 miles odd, uh, 1,700 feet of elevation uh, from the house round uh, round Charnwood Forest area and, and back again. But uh, 40, 40 miles is a nice nice little ride, or or longer even really. And I, I just did a um, over the bank holiday May bank holiday weekend. A uh, little gym that I attend to uh, organised a, a four-day challenge to do as uh, as many uh, as many miles as possible, and uh, Tony and I managed to get out uh, for four days and do sixty plus miles each day, which was uh, which was good fun. So um, that, that sort of hopefully gives you an idea. Uh, Paul, you mentioned the W word, and in that I mean weather. So oh, well. do, you, do, you, do you tone it down in the winter months, or, or when it's raining, or do you just do it indoors? I think you have to. Naturally, you have to, because um, you know we, none of us like getting wet or cold. Um, we dress appropriately. You know, we have long trousers and, and several layers and things. Um, none of no, no cyclist will purposely go out and get wet. Um, but obviously, with the British weather, you're going to get caught in rain occasionally. 
it's like, uh, unavoidable, really, isn't it? I mean, they do say uh, uh, winter winter miles equals summer smiles uh, on the basis that if you keep the legs going through the winter, you're going to be fitter in the spring. So that, that's that's a good reason to go out. You've got to do something during the winter, otherwise you're starting again come to the April time. Um, and of course, you know, the, the conditions on the roads are not good. There's lots of mud around, particularly around where I cycle in Market Harbour. Lots of farms, lots of mud around, lots of ice as well. And, and nobody likes hitting a, a bit of ice. So, yeah, we do do the miles in the winter, but probably a lot less and probably a lot more inside. Well, uh, yes, I know exactly what you mean. And particularly looking outside at the moment, I don't know if it, the sun's going to come out, it's going to rain or going to thunder. So uh, I shan't be going out on my bike later today. Simon, if I can just come to you and ask you a specific question. The idea of forming a cycling club, where did that come from? Oh, well, that, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting one, really. I think the, 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 the cycling club, really came out of the um some ideas that uh, were, were kicked around about doing a, a cycle ride for the for the festival philip turner a, a member of wigston lodge sort of back back in uh, june 2015 uh, i think came up with the idea of uh, riding the great wall of china to raise funds for the festival which was probably a bit ambitious and andy green ended up discussing with, with me some festive board at some point and um I, I think i said something like uh, let let me have a look into that for you and uh i guess the rest is the rest is history and look looking at the the, the sort of the planning for the tercentenary ride it, it made sense to form the cycling club uh, because that would then enable us to register with cycling uk and most importantly off the back of that be able to take advantage or have the um, uh, organizers public liability cover um, for organizing cycle rides as a, an official cycling club because I was a bit sort of acutely aware of um, you know potential risk and uh, consequences if, if if we had some accidents or problems you know whilst we were on a light blue cycling club organized ride as such. So you mentioned the Tercentenary ride back in 2017, where we all did 300. Actually, I think it was over 300, to be honest, but uh, maybe we got oh, lost a few oh, times. Only, only just, I think. Only just. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was a great experience. How much money did we raise and where did it go? Well, the, um, the, the, the plan uh, for, for, for that uh, was done. So we, we split the uh, funds between the, the, the Festival 2022 the Masonic Charity Foundation and uh, Rainbow's Hospice at, uh, at Loughborough um, because we thought it would be nice to do both. And um, the, the ride in 2017, we, we raised just over £23,000 from about 20, 22 riders, I think it was in the end, which worked out really well. I think at one point we'd, we'd probably got about 50 odd names of people that were going to do it, but as time went on, People couldn't make it for various reasons. But, Perhaps um, they realised exactly how far yeah. 300 miles is. Yeah. It was a big commitment. Well, I mean, it was four days, you know, a weekend and a Thursday and a Friday as well. Um, and it obviously cost us in, in hotels and things like that. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a big time commitment and a big financial commitment as well for the riders. Yeah. And, and of course, the other time commitment, Paul, was, um, was, was, was training building up to it. Because yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't think, well, there were probably one or two... Um, um, I think the, 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 the likes of um, David Glover and Henry Peace and John Kiley, I think they'd probably done, you know, 100, 100 plus century rides before. But I think the majority of us, the thought of doing um, 
you know, 70, 75, 80 miles a day for four days on the trot was uh, quite, quite scary. So it's a lot of organising. So how did you go about organising it then? It's not just having the bike, is it? It's everything. Oh else. no, no, no. The, the ride, the planning for the ride started uh, started. Would you believe it? Back in June 20, 2015, because we we knew it would it would take some time to to put it all together. So I uh, spent quite a bit of time looking at potential routes and. Uh, uh, one of the nice things about Google Maps is being able to drop the, the little man onto the map and actually travel along the roads and uh, and and look look at the terrain. And I, I worked on the principle really of trying to avoid nasty hills and avoid busy roads. And uh, Tony, my wife, and I rode all all the route prior to the uh, the big ride in uh, in June 2017. And uh, was a we, we pulled quite a few checklists from uh, Cycling UK on how to organise events and, and just a lot of hours doing doing rides. Um, and, and we did those, you know, we did the, the scouting rides, Pathfinder rides, whatever you want to call them, you know, through the winter. I know, I know, we, uh, I know we, did, uh, we did one, I think it was in the depths of February. Uh, and I think it, it took us about three days to get, get, get body temperature back to normal after that. But um, I think it all paid, uh, paid dividends in the end. I don't think we had any mishaps uh, from, a, from a routing point of view and uh, everybody enjoyed it so that was the sort of catalyst for starting the, the cycling club at the time yes. so how, how do you see the light blue cycling club progressing over the coming months and years well i, I think back off the back of the 2017 ride every, everybody yeah, really really enjoyed it and the, and the support we got and the the, the support team really It'd probably be remiss if i didn't sort of mention uh, you know, sort of Rick, Rick Lewis, Freddie Harris, Paul Bodicott, John and Julie Smith from John Cora Lodge, who who helped with the tercentenary ride. And without you know, without their support, I think it would have been very difficult. You know, there was many a time on that ride when when we we was flagging and in in need of water and sustenance, and uh, we'd go around a bend, and and there would be somebody of the support team with with water and food and and whatever. As, as you know, we, we did a, an, another ride in uh, 2018 where we went around the province for two days and that, that raised about 7,000. And then last year we did um, what we labelled the three province ride from Leicester to Derby, Nottingham back to Leicester and that raised uh, nine. So over the three years we've raised 40,000 between um, the festival and, uh, and rainbows. I remember last year, well, I think you chose on purpose the hottest day of the year. Hottest day of the year. Yes, yes, it was, it was rather warm. Personally, I, I, I think, um, you know, obviously the, the light blue club has got the white blue cycling club has got the impetus going. I'd like to see it expand even more. I mean, there's a lot of people now cycling um, during lockdown. Uh, hopefully a lot like seeing more and more masons get involved um and and have bigger rides and big be, be the situation whereby we have to split up the ride so we, we go in separate groups at the moment we all we don't we have a sort of an, a no drop policy so we all stick together we all some of us a bit faster going up hills than others um we wait at the top i wait at the top for simon to catch up um and then um <laughs> But I, I usually I usually get you on the downhills though, Paul, don't I? So right. there we go. That's called, that's called gravity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to, you know, it may well be that we we have different ability groups eventually, a quicker group and, and, and slower group. But at the moment, we're all happy to cycle together. And we, well, we it's very much uh, very much a, a, a social get together, isn't it? Which is yeah. uh, which is the nice thing. I mean, it usually involves a cafe stop. Usually involves 
well, for me, hot chocolate, um, gluten-free cake. For everybody else, coffee and uh, other sorts. Cake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a very social thing, and uh, we chat a lot. We chat. We don't, we're not we're not racing around the country at eighteen miles an hour. We're going a nice sedate pace. Um, we can go faster if we want to, but most of the time we, we're just we're just going to the lowest common denominator. Oh, what about this year? This sort of year of uncertainty, where we, we don't know what's happening. Do you have any? Uh, events or training routes planned before the onset of winter i don't like talking about winter already but yeah. what, what are the plans well, for next I, month? I think i think this this year we we took the deliberate decision not not to organize a charity ride because i think i think the um the the, the, the regulars if i can call everybody that so, suffered a little bit of um sponsorship fatigue so we, we thought a fally year would probably uh, probably make sense and as you know richard we we, we sort of have, um, sort of put together a little committee to try and uh, organize ourselves better um so so we, we we've got a, a workload spread and um not dependent on just you know a very small number of people to organize things so i think um ho- hopefully as we when we when we get out of lockdown and we can uh, ride more as a group so we we can have a bit of a push and uh, get the message out there and hopefully um hopefully attract uh, more people now cycling seems to have got a high profile in the in the media again which i think would be would be good i mean no, knowing there wasn't going to be a, a masonic ride this year I, I entered lots and lots of um charity rides and, and think of all of which have been cancelled of course um, I was going to be doing Ride London for Neuroblastoma UK. Um, that's obviously been cancelled, although I'm still intending to do that ride. Um, but it's now going to be called Ride Leicestershire, um, which we'll be doing from a, a, a location near you soon. Um, well, I'll be doing 100 miles in a day, obviously with, with support as well. Um, and I've got several riders lined up to do that with me, even parts of the ride, just to sort of uh, make it easy on myself, really. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to do things, but obviously... Mm. The majority of group events have been cancelled this year. The other thing uh, that I would like to try and organise at, at some point, uh, which, which I think would be uh, would, would be good fun, would be a, a sort of a national cycling festival or or cycling sportif as uh, as they get called, and and uh, try and try and encourage some Freemasons from the other provinces to to come and join us for for a day's. 60 mile ride around around Leicestershire uh, I think being in Leicester we're fairly central in the country and I, I, I'm in contact with other pockets of uh, uh, free Freemason recycling activity I know there's a there's a group in Yorkshire that are very active um, and, and do lots of things and there's a, a large group up in uh, in Durham and uh, I think the last three years or so for their festival they there's about been about 30 35 of them uh, have gone out and, and raised about 20 Twenty-five thousand every year for for their festival. So there's definitely, a, a, I think, an interest across the country. It's um, it's trying to put something together to uh, bring everybody together and uh, get get some um, critical mass going. I think really. Now we, we've seen, or as Paul alluded to, just about to see the consecration of a rugby-themed lodge within the province, and we already have a military-themed lodge, which you are um, uh, uh, well associated with, Paul. Are there any plans for a cycling lodge? Would that be of interest? It, it would. I think. I think we, we need to be aware, though, that anything new like that needs to be sustainable. And I, I think the we we need to get the core uh, base, if you like, of people who are uh, keen on cycling 
going out regularly and, and what have you to be be a little bit bigger than perhaps what it what it is now or, or you know something like that could be a peripatetic lodge that moves around so i think i think there's a there's definitely a wish to try and do something like that but i think i think we're very early days at the moment richard i'd love to be put like that because that'd be my third specialist lodge so uh, yeah i'd love to be involved in a cycling lodge but as simon says it's we've tried to do it and various people within the masonic community have tried to do it throughout the country but it's never really really taken yet maybe because cycling is a bit more of a summer activity and freemason is a bit more of a winter activity i don't know but uh, i'd certainly like to see it and, mm. and obviously help anybody in, in setting that up good there would be nothing to stop a lodge like that meeting in the summer though paul would be. No, that's you know, right. so, no, no. yeah so uh, so yes like all these things is possible but i think it needs to be sustainable so that requires support now i imagine there are keen cyclists among many of our members um they'll be listening to this hopefully so what message do you have for them get, get in touch get in touch with us really and uh watch uh, watch watch emails facebook things like like that but um unfortunately until we come out of lockdown it's difficult to Push, push a message out there for uh, for, for group cycling because it's not allowed. <laughs> but I mean, British Cycling have just announced that they are allowing rides of up to six riders now. I mean, cycling is it's a fun activity. We, we're not we're not serious. We're not we don't run competitions. We don't run races. Just come and come along, join us on one of our rides. Bring the family as well. We we have ladies riding with us. It's not it's not purely men. It's not all masons. It's it's friends and family. Um, you don't have to wear lycra. Although obviously it's much more comfortable to do so, and I, I particularly like wearing lycra. But I am quite thankful this is an audio <laughs> podcast and not a visual one. Um, but of course, it, it's, the, it's the comfort factor. To be fair, you know, and, and the other thing is, if you get uh, get caught in a rain shower, it just dries out very quickly. So, yeah. and of course, you, you, we, we do insist that you wear a helmet. We, um, we, 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 we're quite quite strict about that, really. Um, and it is a social activity. Um, as I said before, we always stop for a, a coffee and cake. We don't drop anyone. We ride at the speed of the slowest rider. Although some of us do go up hills more quickly than others. Very true, true. Not I mean, I think I think the other having a dig out there, Paul, is that me, Simon, <laughs> or everybody else? <laughs> well, I think Paul's uh, Paul's transformed himself, hasn't he, over the last uh, uh, three three four years? As he said, you know, he's gone from. Uh, um, uh, being being a bit slow to a mean lean cycling machine now. Yeah. Now I'm glancing up to the clock, and sadly we are out of time. So I'd like to thank both of you for giving up your time to record this podcast, you. and I wish you wish you both well, and hope to see you again on the bike very very soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you Richard. Thank you.